Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, good morning. It's so glad that you are here. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that Bobby Frowman yes. is here today. We're we're doing something a little different. And I've been I've had this in my my mind for a long time that some of these Bible passages really work well. For us to uh, to talk about some of these issues just in a practical way, uh, how this can impact us and how it's impacted us and how we think it can apply mm-hmm. to your lives. And so we are going through the book of Acts. We're looking at it right now. We've been in Acts chapter 9. And in Acts chapter 9, um, we've seen Paul or Saul who become, you know, who is renamed Paul. Yeah. We see his conversion, his like extreme conversion we see his healing that takes place uh, with Ananias and, and how he sort of uh, makes this transition. But, you know, at some point he's got to get out there and get in the game. And everybody has that moment where it's, it's mm-hmm. time to step up. You think about Paul, and Paul is arguably or really inarguably the most impacting leader who has who has made right. a difference in the world really carried Christianity into the world and, and has changed the world, you know, so much. He wrote so much of the New Testament. Even Paul had to start somewhere. So today we're looking at his humble beginnings, and we've we've been there, <laughs> right? Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me just, <laughs> I, I want to read the passage that we're going to discuss, and then we'll kind of get into five ways, five uh, steps or, or ways that, that we can step into ministry, step into more than ministry. It's, it's, um, it's really leading people into a relationship with Jesus. Let's, let's read Acts chapter 9, verses uh, 19 through 22. It's a very short passage, but it's so thick and rich that we're going to get into. Uh, it says this in verse 19, afterward, he ate some food, this Saul, Paul, <laughs> He ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation? That's a a good word, devastation. Mm. Among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? And Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. So, so I want us to talk about five factors for how, if you're ready, if you say maybe you've been a Christian a long time, um, or maybe you're a new Christian, 
you're a new believer, but you say, how can I really get into the game? How can I begin to influence people, influence my world as a follower of Jesus and lead people into a, you know, a relationship with him? And the first one that we see in verse 19 is that Saul took care of his physical health. He, he ate some food. He ate. I mean, it's so simple, <laughs> right? He ate some food. I think that's funny because you know you watch um, TV shows sometimes. Like if you watch Twenty Four, did you? Were you a fan of Twenty Four? Did you watch Not really. Jack Bauer? A little bit. Um, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Any of these action shows, yes. you know, and all this is going on, and it's like these people are not eating. They're not going to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, none of the normal things that you have to do in order to. Um, you know, to, to, to live. Right. But, but this, this, I think this is, this shows the, just the, the reality of the, the things that happen in scripture. Like they, he ate some food, just a normal thing, um, and regained his strength. You know, I I was talking to somebody about this very topic and I was expressing that I think the spiritual and the physical go hand in hand. Mm. God created our bodies. God created our systems he created the food that we're supposed to eat so he's already like the perfect nutritionalist Mm. and they uh and he's got everything planned out and if you neglect that at the physical level i really do think that it affects you at being everything god's called you to be at the spiritual level and so we were kind of talking about one of the more spiritual disciplines is living a healthy lifestyle this is one of the most neglected things that, you know, we, I think we, so for sure. <laughs> we, um, you know, we point the finger about yeah. a lot of sin, a lot of sin out there that we, uh, this is wrong, this is wrong. But at the same time, you know, um, the way we treat our bodies, it can be, uh, wrong if we're not, if we're not, you know, being a good example and we're not taking care of our bodies. Um, Saul hadn't eaten or drank anything for three days. Uh, so he was hungry, he was tired. And I, what I've found probably grumpy, Sure, hangry, hangry. (laughs) Ministry requires um, strength, physical strength. Um, Mm -hmm. It's uh, using your body. This is the body we have. God has given us. And in Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable this is truly the way to worship him. I think sometimes I read over that verse and I think, um, you know, we don't take it l- so literally. We think give your bodies, give your lives, but it actually says your physical, body, your physical body, give it to God, your physical body. How do you do that? And what, what are you, what are you giving? Uh, what kind of offering are you offering to God with your physical body? Now, let, before we get into all this, let me just say like, you know, I understand that that this is this is a hard area, and sometimes you know you're dealing with some health issues that that maybe are genetic. You know, some other things they're not just based on lifestyle choices, um, but a lot of it can can be controlled with our lifestyle choices um, and uh, ministry. I just think it's getting our hands dirty. It's so funny because people think. Ministry is, um, you know, it's glamorous, <laughs> glamorous, yeah. Studying the Bible and you know teaching the Bible, yeah. which we love to do. You and I both love to do that. Mm-hmm. But how often is it? Um, hey, Bobby, 
um, I know you have a truck. Can you help me move? It's 90% <laughs> hands and feet in the mud going after working, doing anything and everything that we possibly can. So and that's where, physically ministry is more demanding than I ever thought. And, yeah. And that's where you're, you're doing ministry really as you're working alongside some guys sometimes, you know, you're getting things done because yeah. that's how, that's how, you know, guys are physical and we'd rather be doing and we can talk while we're doing but uh so so you do a lot of that uh let's talk about the first ingredient of that and that is uh, our diet <laughs> what we put in our um pie hole right yeah and, and you know my wife says i eat too much sugar oh well and i tell her babe you are what you eat <laughs> you're sweet you must so be sweet. sweet um you know one of the things in church life is there's a lot of parties there's a lot of get-togethers and they mm -hmm. always involve food so you know it's easy even if you're trying to to you know eat the right things there's just always a cake there's always you know things like that and too often we find our comfort and our fulfillment in a pleasure in our food um, instead of eating to live we're living to eat we can't wait for our next meal and um, this is not an area that I'm great in, you know. I let me let me start by saying this. I I uh, so for the first like 45 years of my life, I did zero exercise, no, you know, no no physical exercise, and I was pretty sedentary, um, and just ate what I wanted. In fact, I didn't eat breakfast. I started eating, uh, you know, lunch. It was usually mm. fast food, and you know, and then, you know, lots of, lots of Dr. Pepper. It was Diet Coke. And then I went to, I tried to it was Diet Coke. do something different. I couldn't stand the smell of Diet Coke. Then I started acquiring a taste for it. I mean, you can drink massive amounts of Diet Coke uh, and never feel full, but it, the body, your body treats it the same way as it does sugar. And so you, you're, there's nothing diet about it. And uh, then I got to where I wasn't liking that so much. So now um, I still drink a so I usually drink a soda a day, mm. a Dr Pepper a day. So it's very limited. It's you know like twelve ounces as opposed to, I mean, with Diet Coke I was drinking one hundred and forty ounces a day. I think that's awesome though. I think it's encouraging for anyone watching that it doesn't matter where you're at in life. It's never too late to start and. I think the first step is the hardest one, but it's never the biggest one. Start small. What can you cut out right now? What can you focus on? What can you start to, maybe it's I need to start taking my multivitamins. Yeah, that was something I wanted to talk about because I, I thought it'd be interesting. I, I almost brought them, but you know, I take the uh, multivitamins every day. Right. I take, uh, in addition to that, I have a, an, an extra vitamin D, a zinc, uh, a um, mega red, which is krill oil. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I also have those. The, <laughs> I, I was drinking the uh, apple cider vinegar. You know, that just having the cool. little shot of that, and it's not bad once you get used to it. But now I have the gummy version. Okay, of it. So I have that. Uh, those are some supplements that I take. How do you feel? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> I they don't work. Well, I'm not saying they don't work. I just, you know, like, I, 
I can't imagine what I would be like if I weren't taking that mm, because true. I still, yeah. you know, you know, get tired and things like that. But, but, um, so, and Bobby, I would just say about you, um, you've had various levels of physical health in the, in the, how long have we known each other? In 2012. So, so 11 years, 11, 2011, 2011. So, so was that 12 years? Yeah. 12 years. You've had various. Yeah. Levels of had first kids uh-huh. and got so when I first got when we first met I was right out of the Marine Corps yes and I was putting on that first kid baby weight mm-hmm. and then somewhere a couple years later dropped it all got in shape and then we I, got you back in your uniform at some point like within a year or two yeah but it was tight it was it looked like I was I swole, don't think you could but wear, I wasn't swole. I don't think you wear it now because you're much more swole than you were like much more <laughs> I don't know ripped. about that but yeah i couldn't fit in it no um so it's been it's it's hard it's hard to stay uh the course yeah with it but i do believe that if your diet is on point at least trying to get it regulated and and watching what you put in your body it translates to energy and if i have the energy and I feel good. Now I can take it to the next level and maybe go work out, exercise, yeah, lift weights. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it helps you. It helps you. You were talking about this mental clarity mm-hmm. gives you that. Um, helps you stay alert. But then there's also exercise. We got to move our bodies. And um, you know, the Bible says First Timothy four eight. It says physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising mm. benefits in yeah. this life and the life to come. We read that and we're like, oh, well, this is about saying, you know, the training for godliness. You know, yeah, it's more important, but but he does say physical training is good. It's not like don't do that. We Because this is the one body we have, and we want to go the distance. And what I've found is that um, too often, if you're, you know, getting caught up in ministry, sometimes we neglect our health. What I've found as I've gotten healthier is is I've been able to connect with some people that yeah. normally wouldn't necessarily, you know, listen to what I had to say. Um, and this is the only body that you've got, you know, to, and we want to go the distance for ministry and, and for God to be used by God. I've got an illustration that I've always used to kind of encourage me that life is like going up the down escalator in the mall. Mm. Remember those? Mm, yeah. You do. Yeah, I don't know about the the, the yeah because we don't have malls anymore. Really. But the escalators. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I would always try to run up the down going down yeah. escalator, and I could get to the top. And I think the older you get in life, the harder it is to get up the down escalator, mm-hmm. physically speaking, because you're going downhill pretty fast. So the moment that you stop, and the moment that you're stagnant, and the moment that you stand still, you start to go downhill a lot faster, and it takes more effort, and it takes more energy. As I've been in my mid-20s, early 30s, now late 30s, heading into my 40s, that I have to put even more effort to just stay where I'm at or to gain a little bit of ground. So yeah. to 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 go back to maybe like the diet point, like I've noticed as when I get that in check, I have more energy to put into the physical side, the exercise side. Yeah, yeah, it all kind of works together. The moment you stop, you go downhill really quick and but, it's hard to... I'm back from Again, the reason we want to do this is, you know, because God has called us for a purpose. He wants us to influence and impact people's lives. Part of it is we take care of our bodies. This is what we see Paul yeah. do uh, in verse 19. Also, we see that Paul spent time with 
other believers who mm. joined up with other believers. And, um, and so it says Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. This is all about uh, community, being a part of the Christian yeah. body, really. Uh, and, you know, if you're following Jesus, especially as a new Christian, you want to be around other Christians. You need to be around other Christians, whether, no matter where you're at in your growth level. And I've seen some people uh, who they, they're like, you know, they're in a church, but they have this sense that they want to do something for God. So they're like, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to go do my mm. own thing. Yeah. And that's always a red flag. That's always dangerous. There's dangers of Lone Ranger Christians. If you if you can't do the ministry that, that God has called you under the, the leading and the umbrella of your church, I always wonder is this is this an area of pride in mm-hmm. your life? You know, maybe you're not seeing yourself as as you are. We we need people alongside of us. We need accountability in our life. This is how we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, yes, God calls you. God has a call for your life, uh, but that call is affirmed through your church family, yes, through your Christian Christian family. How did you? <laughs> Um, I mean, what difference did that make for you when you stepped in to the Connection Church and began to get in Christian community? How did that impact and influence your well, effectiveness? I, I don't really feel like I was brought up uh, in a in a church environment where we were in community. My family would go to church, but we were in my teenagers. I was in and out of a handful of churches. Um, never really plugging into the community aspect of church, just there to uh, receive, to be, mm. to be fed. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came to the Connection Church uh, and started getting plugged in and serving uh, and being around community, I just felt like I was constantly being filled up by the people that I was surrounding myself with, who I was on whatever team it was serving, whether that was worship or the, the creative setup, teardown team, the parking lot, that... When you put yourself around other people, there is something that was energizing, exciting about it. And then there's the accountability piece that came into play. There was, there was my life was at an all-time low, and I knew that I needed to get back into a relationship with God. And that God was using other people is what I saw in the church in the very beginning stages to surround me, to help hold me accountable, to encourage, to push me to grow in God, grow in the Lord, seek Him first, put Him first in my life, work on my marriage, work on being the father that God's called mm. me to be. And I would not have been in the place, I would not be here today if it had not been for the community that came around me. But I had to let myself, you have to let yourself. Yeah, and engage, you know, because I think some people to, do. They come into church, it's almost like I dare yeah. you to, <laughs> I dare you to, to engage me or, or, it took a lot. It takes humility. We were talking about the pride piece. It does take. It takes humility. You got to drop the, the ego and say, "All right, church is not a. Uh, uh, what do you say? A, it's a museum for the the rich, or it's a hospital for the broken." Yeah, yeah. And and realizing that I'm broken and that I need help, and allowing other people into my life to help. Well, I was thinking about that from from this passage and from Paul as well. Um, you know. He, when he was saved, if you at the beginning of this chapter, he was mad. He was so mad um, because he had just 
overseeing the the death of Stephen, mm. and and <laughs> but what was his anger toward? His anger was that he had some level of conviction from Stephen. He wow. saw Stephen's, um, you know, he saw his his courage, courage the, the you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so he had he was mad, and sometimes when people could challenge you. Um, it caught it causes us to get mad. Yes. We we, <laughs> yeah. we don't like it very much, but at the same time, God uses it. You know, God uses it to draw us to Him if we will humble ourselves and will. I've used I've used it a lot before, um, but when Cadence was in kindergarten, my oldest son, he said, "Dad, do you know what the greatest weakness of a zebra is? Like it's stripes, man." And he's like, "Yeah, they can." be spotted on the plains of Africa by a mile away with mm. the lions. And he goes, but you know what the greatest strength of the zebra is? I have no idea, son. Tell me. The stripes. Mm. To which I was a little bit dumbfounded because I was like, they, it's an oxymoron. It can't be the same thing. Yeah. And it's not. Uh, the stripes, when you're alone and isolated, you stick out like a sore thumb to all the lions, all the predators, all the prey. But when the zebras are in their herd, when they're together, their stripes run together. And when the lions are in pursuit, it's really hard, Confusing. almost impossible because mm -hmm. everything runs together and blends mm -hmm. together. I just take that same uh, thing and apply it to Christians. By his stripes, we are healed. We mm, have stripes come as Christians. On. And there is an enemy. Peter talks about uh, the devil who's, see he who's roar a roaring lion seeking to destroy those who he can devour. And he will always try to pick you off on the battlefield of isolation. Yeah. So he's going to do everything he can to distract you, to get you away from community because there's safety in numbers. Ecclesiastes talks about that, right? Right, right. You know um, you know what a, a, a group of zebras is called? I believe it's a gaggle. No. No? No. It's a, it. it's a dazzle. A dazzle. <laughs> wow. Okay. Learning something new every yes. day. No, I was learning from you. But, you know, it, it takes a community in order to be effective at reaching people because people go... <laughs> All the you know, one person can be crazy, but they see all, everybody work. We all come together and worship, mm. and they think all these people can't be crazy. Uh, some people, what I said is, some people need to be team tackled into the kingdom. Oh, that's good. And um, you know, so yeah, r rather than doing this in isolation, you know, you, you we join up with other believers, and uh, and that will help you fulfill your mission. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see our church. I see it as this is a resource to help people fulfill their mission that God has called them to, mm. uh, to Im influence their circle, yeah. their world. The third one that we see here is this. We see Paul started telling people about Jesus. It wasn't like there was this waiting period. Look at verse 20. It says, And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is indeed the Son of God. Uh, so his Preaching was all about Jesus. It was Jesus-focused. He wasn't talking about himself. He wasn't talking about secondary things. He focused in on what was most important. Mm. And if you will talk about Jesus, you can't go wrong. I mean, people can debate all kinds of things, but especially when you talk about your encounter with Jesus, what Jesus did, um, and uh, we see this 2 Corinthians 4, 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves, he said. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. And, um, you know, the thing about new Christians 
is usually when you are just saved, you're excited, you're passionate, pumped up, God is doing a work in your life, and that's when you want to go tell people. That's I mean, new Christians are the best inviters uh, <laughs> to the church. They're excited. But sometimes in the church, you get, you know, crusty Christians yeah. that just say, uh, calm, you, you'll calm down like the rest of us, you know, give it a few weeks. Or I've seen this on social media in the past uh, couple of days of people saying, hey, if you're a new Christian, you know, don't start a podcast. Don't, don't. Really? You know, and, you know, I get that because they're saying, well, you'll do more damage. You really don't know what you don't know. You know, there's a, there's a side to that that's true. But the other side is just the the passion and the fact that all of us, no matter what your level, no matter what your level of maturity is, you still have a mission, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think it starts right then. It starts immediately. Um, so, so you have any thoughts on that? It reminds me of uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, which mm. says, they overcame him, which would be the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And mm. I think a lot of times we understand the significance of the cross and what the the blood that Jesus sacrificed for us covers and the power that's in the in the gospel. Mm. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of Christ into salvation. But we forget that second part of Revelation chapter 12, 11 that says, and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. The testimony has power. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what stage of faith you're in, however many years of experience you got under your belt, um, you have a you have a you have a sword to wield, and that's your story. And the devil does not like us talking about what God has done in our lives because faith comes by hearing and hearing the gospel. And so if that's what God can do for you, he could do it for me. And so he'll do everything he can to silence your tongue. And so I think this is, you know. The application there is so powerful. As soon as God's doing something in your life, start talking about it. Start yeah. bringing, start preaching it. Well, I, I think about the blind man that was healed, and and they were asking him, "Who is who is this man who healed you?" <laughs> and he said, "I don't know. All I know is I was blind, but now I can see. I was blind, now I see." And yeah. and so, what do you know? Share that, and you don't have to know everything. You just have to know yeah. that. And but I do think there are some people that are sort of professional students, uh, they want to, you know, study and study's good. And Paul, he had, Saul, he he had all this, he had all the education study of the old Testament scripture. So he knew that. But, uh, but at the same time, if you're just in school and I saw this when I was in, you know, doing all my degrees and things, there were people who would study, they would do degrees, but they weren't serving in ministry. Mm. And you just don't know what you don't know until you get in with real people and, you know, and you're really doing it. You're not, you're not going to be, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be effective. So you just got to get in there and do it and do it. And, uh, then, then the fourth thing that Paul does we see is that it was his life. That was a picture. His life was a picture of the change that Jesus can make. Mm. So verse Verse 21 uh, says, all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, and didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains, the leading priests? They were expecting Paul to come in and just round up all the Christians yeah. and and you know slaughter them. I mean, <laughs> they thought this was 
they thought this was going to be uh, that, and they, instead they see him coming in and you know leading people into a relationship with Jesus. They said this can't be the same guy. There is a obvious radical life change that's taken place in his life, and um, you know people need to see that. If you're going to influence people, if you're going to if you're going to uh, lead people to Jesus or tell people about Jesus, listen. You got to be living that out because our life speaks so loud many times that people cannot hear what we're saying. Wow! And we've got to—that's good. Yeah, we've got to—we got to live it. Uh, we got to live it. And you know, this I, is, say that again because I've heard the saying: "Talk is cheap, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and actions speak louder than words." Yeah. But what did you just yeah. say? I said sometimes our life speaks so loud that people can't hear That's what awesome. you're saying. That's good. You know, they hear our words, but they look at our life and they say, well, yeah. you don't believe That's that. Powerful. You're not living that. So we've got to, we got to live it. And, um, you know, that's hard. Now that doesn't, I love li- what it is. So if you go back to verse 21, sorry to interrupt, but all who heard him. And so I, I do believe, you know, uh, that there's something with, with, with their, their ears, but more than with just, they weren't just listening to him as much as I think they're watching him. And I think mm. that's, that's something I'm trying to understand myself being a parent mm. with kids. Yeah. Uh, when I was a youth yeah. pastor. So a parent, we say, we say faith is caught more than taught. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. little eyes are watching you. Yeah. It's, it's not about what you say. It, if what you're saying is not lining up or congruent with what you're doing. Yeah then we have an issue. Yeah. And people are watching more than they're listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that doesn't mean that you're going to get it right all the time, that you're no. going to be perfect. It's not that kind of standard or, you know, this is especially hard in our families because our families see us at our, at our worst, you know, and they say, really, you're, you're telling me about Jesus. And yet I saw what you did or what you listen, you know, how do you handle those situations when you've blown it? Mm. How do you, I'm asking you. (laughs) So uh, I think you own it first and foremost. One of the things that I've tried to uh, do with my kids is when I, when I do lose my temper, when I do uh, cross the line, um, when I've lost all patience, when I blow up, once I cool down, and I think that's a very important step, like take a step back, cool down. Maybe before I go to my children, I need to go to my father yeah. and let him work on me and my heart and then go back to my children and say, hey, dad screwed up. I'm sorry. And they usually say, dad, it's okay. I love you. I'm like, no, it's not okay. That's not what that's. I'm not perfect, um, but that's not what I want to model for you. I want to model a father's perfect love. And so I'm coming to you and telling you I'm sorry, and I want to be better. And so I think owning it and 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 apologizing for it are, are huge steps. Yeah, and I, I think you know rather than being you know putting on a, a show that you've got it all together, right. when you do blow it, um, you know that can that can be a real growth moment as well because people need to see how do we handle that? How are we gonna are we gonna you know go to God in that? Are we gonna uh, Apologize. Yeah. What as, are we going to do? As, are we going to change? Family <laughs> pastors, I tell lots of married couples, my wife and I, that if the kids see you fight, they need to see you make up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't I, want I, them just see how to fight yeah. in the home. We also want them to see the restoration and the resolution. Yeah. Peace. Kids need to learn how to 
handle conflict in a way that uh, is constructive and not just mm. destructive and tearing down. And I think that's probably playing into Paul's experience here. He's got a reputation. Yeah. That he's, it's not like he's doing damage control, but the, the, he's changing up his, his direction, his course. He's known for this and now he's doing this. And I think that's, you know, we're looking at day one, day two, week one here of him trying to go, hey, I'm no longer playing for that team anymore. Yeah. I'm playing for this. And so the importance of being consistent with that. Yeah. What a reminder, though, that, you know, how God changes lives, how you know, God can use anyone, no matter what your past is. Um, and, and, you know, we should you can talk about your past, but at the same time, uh, it's not about that. The past is past. Uh, God wants to use you in in your future. The the devil knows your your name and calls you by your past. Mm. God knows your past, calls you by your name. That's good. That's good. Let's look at this last one, and that is in verse twenty two that Paul uh, improved. He kept working mm. on his effectiveness, growing his effectiveness and his skills. He um, he learned what it was that was going to most influence people. What what you know, what is it he needed to talk about? So in, in verse 22, uh, it says, Saul's preaching became more and more yeah. powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed mm. the Messiah. So, you know, he kept on growing. He kept on uh, speaking. His spiritual strength personally, internally grew as he saw uh, God was using him. God was working through him. I mean, even, you know, he probably had no idea the kind of impact his, he was going to have. And this is a throwback to remind me. It reminds me of um, when, Bobby, when you oh, stepped what? up as our student pastor. Oh, my goodness. And um, so so when when Bobby was stepping up to, to teach youth, to lead youth, um, how old were you then? We said it was 2012, right? 2000. Yeah. So 27. 27 years old. But, you know, so so Bobby, he got up one night and he's preaching. He's speaking. I didn't want him speaking. I thought, you know, it'd be, be we'd be better off showing a video. Right. Showing a video, and and he's like, no, I want to preach this message, <laughs> and he did. And I'm sitting back there listening to Bobby's oh. sermon, and it was so confusing. Yeah. I did not know what you were talking about, and uh, and I was like, I, you know, it, I, I just confusing. And then and then you did a thing where you you led kids to make a decision for Christ. An invitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you said, hey, raise your hand if you want to trust in Jesus. And hands went up. Hands went up all over the room. <laughs> and I was like, look, I, I, I don't I know what they, happened. I thought they felt sorry for me. <laughs> no, it was, it was, they were legit I decisions. I they felt bad for me. And I said, you know, God is, is working oh, through you, and he's going to work through you. And not only that, but from that moment, and to see... You know, now when you get so up. back up, I remember going <laughs> the next day and or I wasn't even on staff at that time. So when it was it was whenever I could come back into the office. I don't know if we caught. Lunch, yeah. But I remember having a meeting at some point shortly thereafter and uh, you encouraging me because I felt really depressed and really down like I just swung and missed and I am definitely not called for this. And you were encouraging me like, hey, 
God's word was preached, maybe not clearly, but you definitely have a calling on your life. Mm. And I want to challenge you to grow in that calling, to develop that calling, to stay consistent, to get back up and swing the bat again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't and, know if I would have if it had not have been for you. Well, and it goes with without saying, those of you who hear Bobby's messages, oh. just how powerful and how God uses him. And he's continued to sharpen that skill. This is not just about preaching, though. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about you going out and talking with people just in a natural way. It's not all about getting on a platform and preaching mm. and, and all of that. It's about allowing God to work through you um, and not giving up, you know, not giving up uh, because, you know, there may be some people in your life that that you think they're so far gone. There's no way they're going to respond. But but what we see from his from Saul's example is he just kept on yeah. consistently doing what watched, God wanted him to do. I watched a short the other night. YouTube shorts and it was this power lifter. And so the first half of the short is I guess him 10 years ago and he's this little skinny guy with big nerdy glasses wow. and he's he's bench pressing 3 or he's squatting, excuse me, 385 and his knees are nodding in mm. on his way up and he's shaking and he's trembling and then you know the the cool TikTok music comes yeah. in like dun 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 and all of a sudden it's like fast forward 10 years later the guy's put on a hundred pounds of muscle. He's squatting 777 pounds. Like it's nothing and winning the powerlifting championship. And he says, everybody loves the transformation video that you see in 15, 20 seconds, but you didn't see the 10 years of grind yeah. and consistency yeah, that's and a working lot and the diligence minutes, to hours. develop. Yeah. That kind of strength. 385 though. That's, that's not bad. What? No, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't like he was, you know, he was a lot skinnier than he was at the at the ten year mark. So I just I find that interesting. The everybody wants to see the transformation. Nobody really wants to look at what it looks like yeah. to stay diligent. Yeah. You know, Paul's life wasn't he didn't have it well, uh, in in a week. He had to work at it. The way I say that is people look at, at people who are effectively, you know, doing doing it, they say they want to do what you're doing, but they don't want to do what you did. Wow. You know, yeah, they, they don't see uh, the overnight successes—they're not—they're rarely an overnight success. It comes with consistency and putting in—you know—putting in the sweat equity, putting in the work. And but, every one of us has a gift by God given that is unique to us. And I think there is a call on our lives to develop that unique gift so that God can use it. And I—I I love David. He's one of my favorite Bible characters. Um, and I love that about him. I always admire his diligence on the shepherd field that prepared him for the battlefield. He takes five rocks, five bullets mm. into a, a fight with a champion. Yeah. That's a lot of confidence. Where do you get that kind of confidence? He must have thrown a lot of rocks yeah. on the shepherd field to where he got so prepared that he was confident, as you would say. Mm -hmm. But it comes through, he was faithful on mm. on using the small stage, the little things, yeah. the little things that was preparing him for, to be used by God for the big things. Well, that's great, man. Well, uh, if you want to step up, I would encourage you to begin today. Don't wait. You know what God's doing in your life. And, uh, and so if you'll take some of these steps we've talked about today, I know for a fact God is going to use you in great ways. Yeah. And we can't wait to hear about it. And we're excited. Thank you so much for 
joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have you back again. This worked out real well. And we'll see y'all. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you really soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Connect.